Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting Podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. All right, we're on episode 47, and we've got a few things to talk about over this weekend. I guess a few things have happened in the fight world. I think one that we should talk about would be Tyson Fury versus Francis Naganu. Seems like it's going to happen now. Yeah, we can talk about that, or we could talk about the guy Tyson Fury is named after, Mike Tyson, and how he also had a fight this weekend <laughs> that might have had more viewers than the actual Tyson Fury fight. Well, sure, because you can show that altercation virally through like a short video. Yeah, and everybody kind of saw it. Yeah, what do you want to talk about first? The low-hanging fruit, the Mike Tyson one, or do you want to talk about Tyson Fury? Sure, we'll start, we'll start low, I guess, sure. Yeah, start low. So I don't know much about it, but from the beginning, I was like, this kid definitely deserves it. And he seemed annoying. And in my head, that kid wanted to get hit by Tyson because I feel like then it makes like a video and a story. Yeah. I mean, did you see the full video? Because I think a lot of the videos that were shared were just showing Tyson hitting the kid. But like, if you watch the full video, the kid antagonizes him by like essentially rapping to him. Like he's just saying really dumb things to him. And he kept tapping him on his shoulder. It was like going over his chair. Yeah, standing up, going over the chair. Yeah, and Tyson just dead (laughs) looking forward. Yeah, he's definitely egging him on. A lot of people are divided on it. I think most people are like, yeah, Tyson was right to hit him. And other people are like, no, you should never hit someone else. So, I think people that didn't see the video are assuming, oh, Mike Tyson's a monster with a face tattoo that's unbalanced. And it, probably they're not wrong. Yeah. But still, it, it, I know those things. Yeah. <laughs> it is those things. But I think they just assume like, oh, well, he should never hit a regular person. But it's like also like somebody that puts a finger near your face and it's like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Like, I'm not, you know what I mean? But then it's like, dude, you're in my space. Like, you want to provoke a reaction. His whole goal was to provoke a reaction from Mike fucking Tyson, who still, mm. I think, the scariest person he's up there still in terms of scary people in the world. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't matter how old he is. It's just, he's got that mentality. Like it's how vicious he is. And that aura, like there's still a yeah. thing about an aura. Like it doesn't matter. I don't know who's a, who's like a light heavyweight or a heavyweight fighter. That's like, could beat up Mike Tyson now. Like I'm sure many of the UFC people could do it. Like yeah. Curtis or something. Yeah. But still, I feel like if Curtis Blades was mad at me, I could talk to him and be like, yeah, let's have a conversation. You know, like where Mike Mm. Tyson, I just feel like is like he's got that aura. Like he's probably the most famous fighter, if not the most famous person alive, probably for a year. You know, like there's definitely a moment in the early 90s, late 80s, where Mike Tyson was top 10 most famous people in the entire world. Mm. And I, I don't know, this guy had a record. I feel like, yeah, people that didn't see the videos were like, why, why would Mike Tyson do that? And I think anybody that saw the videos was like, good, somebody should fucking hit that kid. Like, it's- Yeah, what's weird is like, kid, when you look at him, you think he's in his 20s because of his behavior and just the way he looks. But he's actually 36. Oh, really? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yo, 36? Like who? What 36-year-old would act like that? It's so weird. But he does have a criminal I- history. Like, 
a long one, apparently. Really? Yeah. Let me let me bring it up right now. He's been convicted of fraud, grand theft, burglary, possessions of controlled substances, and trafficking in stolen property. He definitely wanted Tyson to hit him so he could sue Tyson. He broke onto a property and stole a trailer that he hitched to his pickup. He also had a drug possession effect offense for oxycodone. He served time twice for his convictions, once for 20 months and the other for 15. Yeah, he, he wants his money. He wants to sue him. He wants to get some fame. Some newspaper will interview him and he'll get like a few grand. Like mm-hmm. he saw it as an opportunity to gain something. Definitely. Yeah. And so good get hit like i feel like at that point like you're playing this he wants he wanted to get a reaction good that's the mm-hmm. reaction you should and i think it's like a little i did call him a kid because i guess we just associated with like the social media world mm-hmm. i read the guy he lost his airplane license because last year he filmed on youtube where he goes oh my engine went out and he jumped out of his own plane with a parachute and then oh filmed it whoa but the faa ruled that he did that most probably just to film it. And so they revoked his flight license and it like, I crashed into the mountains. Like, you know, like he didn't do it in a city or anything, but still like what if people are camping? It's like a stupid thing to do. Like, you know, you know, absolutely. And so who knows how far people are willing to go to get a few million views and a $10,000 and, you know, like just get some clap. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, I, I I told people like if that guy was doing that to me, I probably would have done something sooner than Mike did. Yeah, I don't know if I would have hit him, but I would have wanted to hit him. I would have pushed him. I would have yelled at him. I would have done something way sooner too. Yeah, but you also have to think like you're on a plane, so you have to go travel. Say you're with like your kids and your wife, and like I literally just got off of a plane maybe four or five hours ago. <laughs> I know, I but then I'm. You're stuck in Salt Lake City because you punched some fucking Mormon, you know, like, wouldn't you? I get what you're saying. I'd want it, but do you think like it's worth the bureaucracy? And then now you have to go travel to different times. And now you might have to fill out a report in Utah, you know? Yeah. At a certain point, I think, yeah, it's all worth it. Maybe. Would you wait while they're still onboarding passengers or would you time it so that it's like, oh, you're in the middle of the air and then. Oh, yeah. In the air. You just wait. You keep it to yeah, yourself. Yeah, you try to make it as like, yeah. Well, I guess it depends on what it is, of course. What if he stopped bothering you, though, after the initial like being annoying? Would you hold on to that rage, though, initially? And be like, no, he deserved getting hit. Depends what it is. Depends on the exact scenario. But yeah, I, I might do something after landing. Who, who knows? It depends. See, I guess the nothing's out of the realm of possibility. In the moment, I might want to do things. But always after like an hour, someone's like, wow. Like, like I always just lose uh, intention. Like, I feel like I mellow out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd want to hit him, but I don't know if I would hit him because planes scare me. Plus I'm brown and I have a beard. Like, I feel like I would get in more trouble than <laughs> most. That I feel yeah, maybe I can't just fight. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to kill you a lot. But <laughs> I don't know. But I'd be like, I would definitely be. I'm happy Mike Tyson did it. I just hope he doesn't get sued and I hope this person doesn't get money out of it. Agreed, yeah. It's it's the same thing like those people that go in those lion cages. Like, let the lion kill them. Like, you know, like, I don't get why they would shoot a lion or like how they did Harambe, you know? Like, part of me is like, dude, you're that stupid and reckless. Like, let the animal do what it wants to. Like, you're not adding anything to this world. 
Mm -hmm. And it's like a fucking animal. He's like a tiger. He is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that guy was thinking. And I do think some people do need to get hit in the face. Yeah. But to get it from Mike Tyson is like, there's a video of Dana White is a prick and Dana White always calls everybody kid. And he's like, definitely trying to like dominate people, like, you know, using his aura. Mm -hmm. And there's a video of him on a private plane and Mike Tyson walks up to him, punches him in like the shoulder and was like get out and then Dana White gets up and just gives Mike Tyson his seat like and actually Dana White reposted that video because he's like this is how you handle Mike Tyson on a plane mm-hmm. and I don't think Dana ever shows any humility to anybody yeah even Connor loses cash cow he's always like calling kid and like fucking with a little bit but like Mike Tyson like Big brothers and like just punches him in the shoulder. And Dana just gets up and goes, "Dude, take this seat like yeah. right here." And he's like, "Dummy, this is how you handle Mike Tyson." I was like, "All right, I, I don't know. I just loved that. Like, I want to see Mike Tyson with like, yeah, like Vladimir Putin and other like." <laughs> see how intimidated people are. Yeah, I mean, this this kid knows exactly who Mike Tyson is. Who doesn't? He's one of the most recognizable people, especially um, if he's six. You know, like we caught the yeah, end. I mean, we weren't like fully, fully prime. I feel like if you're like 42, you got like the full prime of like Mike Tyson, you know, yeah. and like right at like that perfect age. But yeah, whatever. It's more clout stuff. But out of the people that disagreed with that, did anybody have like a valid argument that you were like, all right, yeah, I could see where you're coming from? Or was it all just like violence is not the answer? Yeah, just pacifists. Just pacifists. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, you, you poke a beehive, you're going to get stung once in a while. I mean, if Mike Tyson like mounted him and like started killing him, I'm like, no. I know, but we're likening Mike Tyson to an animal instead of an animal that has rationality. Yeah, we, we are likening. (laughs) There's like a famous story too. Like when Mike Tyson was younger, he, and he was like in his prime, he like tried to pay a trainer at the zoo to let him into the gorilla cage to fight the gorilla. And the guy was like, dude, I can't let you do that. (laughs) That is, Oh my God. And he has tigers for pets. Like who else can do that? Mm -hmm. Tigers and pigeons. This guy's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And pigeons. Tyson's nuts. All right. Let's talk about, let's talk about other Tyson, Tyson Fury. And he had a big fight this weekend. He had a big fight. It's his last fight, retirement fight. And uh, Tired. that's it. Yeah, he'll be the, he said he was only the second heavyweight after Rocky Marciano to retire undefeated. Wow. Yeah. And he's going to have an exhibition match versus Francis Nagano now. Supposedly. Are you certain retired though? Or is this just like another? No, he's been saying it. He retired. Like, that's it. He seems pretty convinced. Okay. He's like, what else do I have to do? Yeah, he doesn't have to do anything else. So tell me about this exhibition match. So, I mean, the only thing we really know about it is that they're talking about MMA gloves, but boxing rules. And it'll take place sometime next year because Francis is getting his ACL surgery. Like now, I think, May. And that'll put him out till the end of the year, which is also when his UFC contract is up. And we'll see. I think they're estimating it to be like summer of next year. 
So no leg kicks, no elbows, just boxing, but with MMA gloves. I believe that's what it's going to be. I mean, they said it's going to be a hybrid fight with different type of rules. That just might be maybe like clinch work or I don't know. They said it's going to be in a ring though. Okay. In a ring, MMA gloves, hybrid fight. Yeah, I don't know. I would like to see a little bit more hybrid than rather just the gloves. Like how much of an impact? I mean, gloves will have an impact, but. Right. Well, how hybrid are they going to get really too? Also, Nagano wants to call this the rumble in the jungle too. So some are leading to believe that it'll happen in Africa. That would be amazing. It would be. Yeah. That would be like, yeah, that's like a legendary match. Now, do you think it's a real fight or do you think they're just calling it an exhibition to kind of get out of contractual shit with the UFC so the UFC can't sue them? Yeah, well, also it's an exhibition because there's no sport of this. They're doing a special rules fight. So how could you have it go to a professional record? Do you know what I mean? Like it's not boxing or MMA. I didn't mean it in that sense. I meant in the sense like, do you think they're going in with the intention of like, I want to beat this person oh yes i do i do you don't think they're sparring like they're not going to go 60 percent, 70 percent. i think they're trying to find out who the baddest man is and i think most pundits are believing that this this can be like connor mayweather type big yes of course i mean it's it's slightly different because they're heavyweights but i think the response to heavyweights more than lighter guys no yeah for sure for sure do you what impact does the lighter gloves have? Like, does that hurt uh, Fury more because it's going to be harder for him to block? Or is that just going to make it easier for him to strike anyway? Because now it's, it's tough. tough. It, it really depends on what the rule sets are because I imagine there's going to be no kicking of any sort because if there's kicking or takedowns, there's no way because that'll have to change the entire stance of Tyson Fury. I think that's going to be too too large of a task. Although Tyson's crazy. He could he could just say yes to these things because he's just fucking nuts. Gypsy King, yeah. Yeah, but I think that would change his stance too much. He's going to have to open up his foot. Like, What's good about Tyson Fury's defense is he does rely heavily on head movement. So it's not like he's going to need the gloves to block that much. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think it'll affect him as much as it might some other boxers. But it it's tough because, I mean, I mean, he did this with what's-his-face. Deontay? Uh, Deontay Wilder. Yeah, like you get touched once and you get put down. And Francis is the same way. I mean, maybe Francis has more power. I don't know. Let's say equal power because they're both just... Right, he could still school Francis potentially. It doesn't hurt Francis, but I don't know if it really hurts Tyson that much either. I mean, you can't shell up, but like you said, is Fury really shelling up? But once you're that size... If you're thinking about it offensively though, I mean... Your reach isn't as long with a box with an MMA glove as it is with a boxing glove. That might change your like distance a little bit. Maybe you lose out on some of the jabs that you would normally expect to hit. I, I don't know. What would you put the odds at? I have to see the rules. But just to- say, say for now it's boxing with MMA gloves. That's it. I go Tyson. Yeah, but what what, what do you put the odds? Oh, at? the odds. Like if I'm I mean, an odds maker, Tyson it has to go Tyson, but. Fuck. I'll say Tyson minus 250. Tyson minus, so $100 to win 250. I mean, $250 to win 100. Yes. Okay. 
Do you think it's it would be that? What would you make? I go a little higher, but it's like in the same world. Like okay. I think I would like four hundred to one. Okay. Just because Tyson has so much experience, but then it would probably even out to like around two fifty, depending because it go through waves. It's just, I mean, with four rounds gloves getting hit, anything could happen. Yeah. So let's talk about this more. So like people are like, oh, what if there's like trips, like Muay Thai almost, like you could tie up and potentially like trip someone, take them down, but they get back up. But you know, you, you, you can take them down. Like, is that advantage for Francis? And in my head, I'm like, no, who gets inside Tyson Fury? I don't even know. Like, like Tyson Fury clinches only when he wants to clinch. He doesn't really get clinched. I personally just don't think that has that much of an impact anyway, because it's going to require energy for you to trip them down. And sure, then it requires them energy to get back up and frustrates them. But oh, it's it, huge on the mental game. OK, there's like a mental thing. But I also think both of these people have fought like Tyson Moore, though, has the mental edge, I think, just because he's been in more fights. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Francis Ngannou has had a hard life. So like you're fucking working in sand mines at 10. You develop a mental strength too. But just strategy wise, like if it's in a boxing ring, like I'd have to give a slight edge to Tyson Fury when it comes yeah. to like mentality. I mean, Ngannou could throw him to the ground a few times, but is that really going to help with a knockout? Like, I don't know. Right. I feel like it might take more energy from Ngannou to focus on those throws anyway. Where what if there's no breaks? What if there's, you know, you could tie up, but there's no breaks. That can change things. Then that helps Ngannou a lot more because yeah. I kind of want to see some of those body shots and like dirty boxing. That If Ngannou somehow gets behind him, has kind of like that 5-0 grip around his back on his other arm, can start wailing much like he did against Stipe. Like he did that to uh, Junior Dos Santos, where basically he was behind Dos Santos and punched him. Shots, yep. Yeah, around the head. Like that scenario could play out if the rules allow it. Francis is so strong. I think it helps Fury, though, that he's so tall and long. But I'm worried about Francis having a whole year off, like surgery. Like it's a long time. Yeah, but he's also a little older. I feel like. Yes. I feel like as long as they're training and he's at extreme couture and you have great coaches, like I don't want to assume that he's lazy. I hope we get the best of them. Yeah. I'm not assuming he's doing Coke and partying like, (laughs) you know, so like maybe he's healing. He's watching things. He's been talking about fury now for months. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's like totally random when he was younger. He wanted to be a boxer. I'd like to believe he, I mean, ring rust is a thing, but there's also this, this say like, you know, you're not getting hurt, you know, like training hard. You're letting your body recover. The mental side of things, not having to fight every four months. I, I would root for Ngannou, but I don't. I just don't know. Can he get inside on Fury? Can he connect once or twice? Like, yeah. But did you ever see that slow mo of when Ngannou fought Rosenstrike and he just bum rushes Rosenstrike? Yeah. Like, if you do it in slow mo, it looks so sloppy. And Ngannou actually, Ngannou misses like his first six punches, and Rosenstrike actually hits him like three times. But if you watch it in real speed, you don't see any of it. It looks like two seventh graders just throwing hands sloppily. Mm-hmm. But then finally, like the seventh punch, Nganu cracks Rosenstrike. Rosenstrike falls to the floor. And then Nganu hits him two more times and just murders Rosenstrike. And murder- Rosenstrike is a K1 kickboxing champion. 
and Nganu is just a beast. And it kind of, I don't know, I love it in the sense that it's like, fuck your technique. You know, like, I'm just gonna murder you. And when you do it in slow-mo, you're like, oh my God, Rosenstrike's technique was superior. But if you watch it in live time, you don't see any of it. Yeah. And the fight's over in like 15 seconds. And so I wonder if that's even possible against somebody like Fury. Like, Rosenstrike's credential, Fury's credential. But if you just run at him like a monster... I mean, Nagano has been beat before, right? Like we saw Stipe do it. Like there, there are ways to beat him too. But it was also when like he was so raw in the sport. Sure. But his raw. Yeah, I know. The way he looked against Cyril Gan was great. So who knows? And that wasn't even his best fight. And it looked like his leg was hurt. Like it had some of those Kamzat vibes where it's like, oh my God, you won and you didn't even look that good but you still want against somebody that is really good yeah. and look their best. And it just like, yeah, it was like, fuck, how good can you be if you put it all together yep. and you're healthy? Yeah, it is wild. He didn't fight the smartest fight, but I think if he, I don't know. I'm, I was just happy to see that both of them going on the limb and it just makes me even more of a Tyson Fury fan mm-hmm. that is willing to put himself out there and he's putting himself out there against the person that has the strongest recorded punch ever and who might be the modern day Mike Tyson when it comes to intimidation. And sometimes like I see some of these people that are like 155 pounds, like Mayweather and like rules, like mm-hmm. part of me, like you're such a bitch, like fucking fight him. You know, like you're the world's best boxer. I get business and money Mayweather shit. But also like if you're the best of the best of the best and you're already worth hundreds of millions of dollars, like. Why not challenge yourself? Like, who cares? You know, like, why make everything about like, no, I got to have this 50, you know, and I'll fight Logan Paul instead. Like, I don't feel like you're really using yourself to your maximum, you know, like, why not test yourself? And so Fury doing that, like, yeah, so yeah, maybe- Fury, Fury's and, reason but- to do this, the reason why he's retiring from boxing is because he already won every single belt. So he's like, I feel like I've done it all there is to do. Mm hmm. And even with the landscape of current guys, like I know Anthony Joshua is fighting Usyk, but he's like, well, I'm not really going to stick around for the winner of that fight. There's no need to. Like, I'm happy with my decision. But he's like, I won't rule out exhibitions. He's like, I want some of that Floyd Mayweather money. Yeah, that's smart. But at least he's going for a hardcore exhibition. Yeah. He's like, I also want to have fun, entertain. With Francis Nagano, he's like, he can have it in a ring, a cage with boxing gloves, MMA gloves. So he is like, he does seem pretty open about it. And hasn't he trained with some MMA fighters just for fun? Like Darren Till, I think. He has. He has messed around. I've seen in videos. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. At least he's like putting himself out there. And yeah. I just feel like I get those gypsy vibes too. Like mm-hmm. you know, Snatch and like Brad Pitt's character. Yeah. Like, like yeah. all right, you want to be like, you're the gypsy boxing champion. You're really like the gypsy fighting champion. You know, like, I don't think it's like, if he goes into this realm and accepts these other things. Yeah. Speaking of Mayweather though, do you know Mayweather has another exhibition planned against who? Don Moore. I don't know who that is. Don Moore is another boxer. He, He is. So Mayweather has sparred Don Moore before. I want to say like in training and stuff, Don Moore is a young professional boxer. But it'll be the first ever NFT sports event in Dubai. And it's on May 14th. It's coming up soon. Is this the one that's on the roof of the tallest building ever? I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Interesting. And Anderson Silva will be on that card, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I love Anderson. I want to see Anderson get a good shot against like a real boxer. Like who did he beat? Cesar Chavez Jr. Yep. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Yeah. I would love to see him again. I don't even know who's good in boxing now, but I would just love to see him against a contemporary. Yeah. Boxing dude in a real fight. Like if he won stuff like that, he'd be like, Wait up, how good really was Anderson Silva? Like he's building up his legacy like even more. Like respect to that. I mean, I love watching all of his videos with his sons. I think one of his sons went pro too. And he still just like tools them in his backyard and stuff. It's so funny. Like he'll fight both of them at the same time or just one. I saw a video of him doing like a keto with one. <laughs> yeah, dad strength is awesome. Yeah. You have two sons, so you could start fighting them. At what age do you think like you'd want them to be able to beat you? Or do you think you'd ever want them to beat you? Yeah, I'd want them to beat me. Yeah, but not right away. No, like when I'm like 60. So when would they be? 20? Yeah, yeah, in their 20s, 25. All right, so you don't want them to do it at 18 where they get cocky and no, shit. You- no, I want them to be like 28 or 30. When you're so old, they feel bad. <laughs> it's not like real. <laughs> so I don't, really- I, don't pro- I don't project that my old is going to be that typical old though yeah we'll see but i always want my kids like to be the best yeah but it's just a slightly different question you know like because yeah I, I have to be an obstacle for them to overcome yes and how early how hard there's this guy i i love him i always see him at the park and he's got two kids probably like six and eight or something Sounds like, at, sounds like the plot of King Richard already. They're at, yeah, they're at the park every day and he's just making them do basketball drills. So like yeah. going around phones and passing. And today, like I saw him doing like planks on like the concrete and it's like raining. They're out there in the winter. They're out there. And like, this is the movie. Yeah. And I'm always seeing them when I'm walking the dog and. Now I'm always like, dude, I can't wait to see, like, you know, like I want to see these kids like in high school. Like I want to see where they are and how good mm-hmm. they are. I just love the consistency of like how he's like training. And once in a while, like I, I see like the kid being a little like, ah, and he's like hard on him. We're good. I'm like, <laughs> I tell the kid, I'm like, good. You guys are getting good. Though. <laughs> hard on him. Like, fuck. Yeah. If I become a father, I could see myself being like a little bit, not caring so much about their feelings, moving like, yo, you'll be the best. Like, hate me a little. I don't care. Like, I want you to be awesome. Though. It depends on the kid. It depends on their age. It's it's a tough game to play. You, you never know as a parent whether you're doing too little or too much of anything. Yeah. I feel like I would do both. I would do be too little of a lot of things. But then I'd be like, but I fucking made you amazing at this one thing. So like, yo, take it. Like a year ago, my son wasn't doing anything. We tried to get him involved in like a few different things. Didn't do anything. Now he's in the run club. Now he has a swim class. Now he does CrossFit. And now he has tennis. You know what I mean? I'm like, he's in like so many things now. So we'll see. I was just telling my girlfriend today how much I hate runners. Yeah. We make him run. He's in run club. He runs before school every day. You gotta run. That's like the basic of any sport. Yeah. But once you get old and you, all you do is run, I kind of, I'm like, why? No, you gotta run to do something, not just to run. 
today there was like a Brooklyn half marathon and it made me like irrationally angry. Cause like I wanted to have a quiet day at the park and it was just like drunk. Mm. I'm like, why are you guys running in circles? Like fuck. How funny. Like, I was just in Salt Lake City and there was also a half marathon there too. Yeah, I'm like, what I don't I just don't get like no, I'm gonna run really far. They get that runner's own. high. Just that mental power to just put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. The best part of running for me is when I'm done running. <laughs> like yeah. when I'm ran. <laughs> I don't know. I did like it in high school, I guess, but eventually no but you're right though for a kid like all you should do is run and just get that endurance and yeah that's like that's your road work man that's like the basic foundation level of at least all the sports i like and tennis you get those quick angles Mm -hmm. hopefully i mean he's he's five and i just putting him in anything he's halfway interested in yeah why not and even some things he's not interested in like he didn't want to do run club at first but then he just made a routine of it now he likes it okay and it shows like when there's running with other kids, like the distance or the speed, like it already shows. Hmm. So it's good. And are you going to push him towards like jujitsu or any of these things in the future or no? Yeah, but like not push him, like force him per se. Cause I don't want him to like get into it and then hate it and then never do it again. Like I kind of want him to want to do it. Am I going to like manipulate him as much as I can into doing it? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. As long as you do that, you should manipulate him. But the but the game is, you know, the long, the long game. Yeah. Should what? You want your dad to beat you up forever, like all the time? <laughs> He's eventually gonna be like, yeah, I want to beat yeah, you up. I know. I know a black belt, a champion black belt, whose son I want to say is probably like 14, 15 and hasn't done any jujitsu yet. And they always ask him, and he's like, I'm not gonna force him. It's like he's got he's got to want it. He's yeah, like, he, he's like I'm. I have faith that he will get into it. He's like I just don't want him to hate it. I want it to like want it and love it and be forever in his life. Wow, it's 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 interesting. I don't know. Like, at what point do you like? Oh shit, it's gone. I'll never yeah. do it. Like, I don't know. That's a possibility too. Yeah, there's a 12 year old kid at this gym. His name is Steve, and and his grandpa always brings him to the gym, and he'll do like two kids classes, and then he'll sit in the adults class, and he just. He just sits and he like trains and mm-hmm. he's 12. He's like still a boy, you know? So, and- I mean, I train with a couple of guys. There's one guy I train with. I think he started when he was 13. He's like in his young twenties now. He's a brown belt. I mean, like I- I'm training with guys that were starting when they were kids, which is and pretty they, wild. They must be amazing. No, like this they kid. Are, I yeah, think, it's great. Like in the, like at 13, he does some stuff where I'm like, oh my God, like he, almost got my arm, you know, like, and I'm like, you're just a little boy. Yep. And, and like, so what happens when he's like 17 and he starts getting some of those adult yeah. type muscles, you know, and you're like, what? Like, you're going to win. Like he's going to be one of those high school jocks. Yep. And then by the time he's 22, he's going to be like black belt quality and prime, you know, like at that age, like, I just can't yeah. believe that would be a miracle. Yeah, we're starting to see it. I mean, Corey Sanhagen, I think, started when he was like 14. Okay. Yeah, you're definitely seeing these guys start to come in. Yeah, that's going to be the future. You still see it in football sometimes where they'll be like, yo, this guy just started playing football junior high school. Yeah, that's and crazy. That, that's also crazy. But I guess you kind of see that. Didn't, who was the guy? Nicky Rodriguez, his brother. Yeah. ADC, and he's a wrestler. I mean, so he has... 10 years of wrestling experience or whatever, but then he just won the jujitsu tournament after two years of training or something. 
Mm-hmm. Those freaks are going to start coming out all over the woodwork, out of the woodwork. All right. Do you want us to talk about freak things? Andrade last night. So I didn't even really watch it much either. I just kind of caught highlights of the UFC fight night. But there was one significant thing is Jessica Andrade hit the first ever submission in UFC history from standing ahead an arm triangle. It's never been done before. It was the first standing submission or the first standing head and arm triangle? Submission? The first standing head and arm triangle. That's interesting. Yeah, that is. It was in front of her or like to the side of her or her behind her? It was her? to the side of her and she had her up against the cage. Should the woman have tapped or is it a really good show? It was in. It was in. I mean, I don't know what the woman could have done. I mean, in, in, in the middle of the cage, you probably have some ways to move your hips that get you out of the choke but against the cage like i don't know it's pretty legit and jessica andrage in terms of like strength for women i don't think yeah i don't think anyone gets much stronger than andrage like that's it so when she's probably got something locked on it's on but isn't she short wouldn't that be hard to do a standing arm triangle while you're short or she got it i mean the woman she's fighting wasn't much taller than her okay yeah I'm not that good with the arm triangles. I feel like I catch it, but I have trouble finishing it. Mm. And I don't know if I should have to lower my body. So for those of you listening that don't know, like an arm triangle is, I guess, how, how would you describe it? Like you are. I think it on- sounds there's a head and arm, a head and one arm locked within the other person's arms for a choke. And so it's kind of like you're choking themselves. They're choking themselves with their own arm. Yeah. So having so basically the sh- you're getting choked on one side by your opponent's arm and then your own arm is choking the other side of your neck. Yeah, there's there's an arm inside the choke around your neck making it tighter. And I guess that's the easiest way to explain it to someone that wouldn't know. And so when you get that and they're on the floor and you get to the side of them, are you trying to get as low as possible or are you lifting your Twisting as you drive your shoulder into most them. people go as low as possible, but I have seen some finishes depending on you know where their arm is, where their shoulder is, that do pike up for a finish. I think most people try to flatten and walk away. I try to flatten too, and it doesn't work. And then my friend Nino always does the fucking telephone, and then he just muscles out of it like as soon as I get close, and mm. I'm like, oh, I'm having trouble finishing it. Yeah, there are some really good escapes out of head and arm triangles. A bunch of really good escapes out of head and arm triangles. But there's also different ways to finish the head and arm triangle. So it just depends. Do you think of it as a strongman move? Some people say that. It definitely helps. But I would say it's just a strongman of a move as, I don't know, a head and arm guillotine would be. Some people would even, I mean, would you consider a Kimura a strongman move? People. I mean, people say that's a strongman move too. Yeah, people say that too. I, I don't believe that. I mean, you have to have strength for any move, some less than others, but when people are like, oh, this is all technique, it's bullshit. Like, yo, you have to have some force to apply to hold it. Like, you're not just made of noodles. <laughs> you have to have something, right? Yeah, you have to have some strength. So course. yes, it's mostly technique, but when doesn't strength help? There's definitely no move where strength doesn't help. Right. Unless you're using the strength as a crutch for no technique. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I just 
if I don't have the choke and I'm just squeezing, I'm like, all right, you don't have the choke. You're just, it's all strength and no technique. It doesn't do shit. It still probably hurt. Yeah, maybe depending on where they have it. I've had people try to choke me or squeezing like crazy and it hasn't even hurt at all. I'm like, I can't believe they're trying to like do this. And I'll just stay there. Like, cause I'm like, this is really dumb for them. How do they not see that? Have you ever been in anybody's guard where they squeeze you with their legs and it really hurts where you kind of want to tap or no? Not tap, but annoying. Even recently, or was it all in your early days training? I think I did have one maybe like within the last year that was like that. Someone started like doing something like that, like a body triangle and guard squeezing. Or no, they tried to do like almost like a teepee choke from the guard. Like I think it's called a rib crusher or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) I remember somebody did that to me and I... My response is always like, oh, fuck, this hurts. Like, and I'll just say it out loud, you know, or, yeah. and then, and then they're like, loosen up. Like, no, don't loosen it. Like, I'm not tapping, but like, this is fucking very annoying. Just push you their know? face. Like, that's all I do. I just push them right in the face. <laughs> I take like a deep breath and I'm like, okay, it doesn't hurt that bad. Like, this is just frustrating. I think a lot I- of guys in jujitsu are very averse to just pushing someone in the face because they think of it almost like a strike. But I'm like, why can't you push their face? You can push everything else on them. Yeah. And that lessens their leg uh, grip around your waist. Yeah. They need to like tie you up. They can't just squeeze their knees together and have it hurt you. They have to have you broken down in posture. They have to, you know what I mean? You just got to, if they make things uncomfortable for you, just make it more uncomfortable for them. Just whisper sweet nothings. <laughs> Actually, in headed arm triangles, one of my common techniques is I don't want to put like that much muscle into it. So I'll usually just take my free hand and just plug their nose, just squeeze their nose. Really? And then after I squeeze their nose, I go, shh. (laughs) (laughs) And and I would say two thirds of the time people come out and they're like, yeah, you can do that? Yeah, you can do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try that. That sounds fun. Yeah, because you're right next to their ear. You're just like, go to sleep. This is okay. Yeah, just just don't fight this. It's funny, right? Like, why not? I don't know. That is, a, yo, this is possible. I, can yeah, I always this- plug their nose because I'm like, all right, if they're finding a means to breathe, like maybe this choke, maybe this choke's not, I don't know, like 100% on. It's like that 70% on where maybe it takes like 10 seconds for them to tap. All right, well, if I plug their nose, it probably happens in like three sooner seconds or you just have that much less oxygen. Hmm. It's harder to breathe. So when you do the, arm triangle you're you're only using one hand while you're doing it no i'll like rear naked choke the grip but then like my top hand i won't just hide it i'll just plug their nose so you do the rear naked choke rather than the bouncer grip or the gable grip sometimes i do that it depends i'll I'll do the gable grip if i feel like i've got it i'll describe it like if i've got it really tight i'll gable grip for the finish if i don't have it tight that's when i'll do the rear naked choke nose plug finish (laughs) that that sounds awesome, though, with the nose. Like, that almost sounds even more effective. Like, I want to try that just to see if it works. If you don't get it, I usually just lift them up, basically, and take their back. Yeah, that makes sense. They would turn away or something. Yeah, that's fun. That sounds fun. I want to do that. I saw on a Reddit thread. Tell me about this, about etiquettes and gyms, if it's right or wrong. Okay. So there, was a, there was a blue belter. I don't know, let's say young purple blue. So somebody with experience, but not like a master or anything. Okay. 
And before competitions, he doesn't like training with white belts because they're spazzy. Okay. Whatever. He's like, all right, I'll train with this one white belt. He wanted to get a sweat in. He was trying to cut weight for his tournament. Okay. And uh, the white belt was asking questions about like arm bars because he got him in an arm bar. And then he goes, yeah, like this is how you do the arm bar. And then the white belt was like, can I try? And so like he does it to him. But then the white belt like hips in really hard and almost almost hurts him. And the guy goes, yo, what the fuck? And the white belt goes, oh, it really works like that? Like like he didn't think it (laughs) So he did it hard. And so the blue belt or purple belt, whatever, was like this motherfucker. Like, you know, he almost hurt me, stupid, reckless kid. Next time I come to class, I'm choking him the fuck out. So I'm not going to tell you how the thread went until after you tell me like okay. what you're they're on the response. So if I'm that person and that scenario happens to me, I'm just never going to roll with that guy again. Okay. Maybe like a year down the line or something, things change. I know that experience probably won't happen again. Would I retaliate in any ways? Unless I thought it was like purposeful or malicious, which I've, I've been in those scenarios before where I, uh, I think I feel I felt that then. Yeah, I go hard. Okay. But in his response where he goes, Oh shit, that worked. I guess the idea is like, so people had a similar response to you where they were kind of like, dude, don't hit the kid. He seems stupid. You know, like, Mm -hmm. like educate him. He's a white belt. You're a white belt too. And to be like, I'm going to choke him out. Like you might make him not want to fight again or something, you know? So people are like, you have to be better. But also what you said, some people are like, yo, just don't roll with them anymore. Like you yourself yeah. said, you don't want to roll white belts. You don't have to do that. But yeah, the malicious thing, I, I thought somebody had a good point because they're like, look, you have to look at it like this. He's a white belt. He never wins. He never succeeds really. And sometimes you don't realize that these things do work because you're always getting your ass kicked. And then now you're testing it and you go, oh shit, this worked. It seemed like kind of adorable. Oh, like, man. But also, like, I could also see why sometimes if people drop, especially with an arm or like a heel hook, where it's like, I said this, Sambo Steve yelled at me once, or like other people, like, when I first started, like, I grabbed somebody's arm and like, I'm trying to do a Kimura, and like you said, strongman move, I'm like yanking mm-hmm. it. And he was like, yo, you're not trying to hurt your friends here, you know, and plus you're not going to get it that way anyway. Yeah. And I, I was like, all right, I needed that. Like, you know, like that lesson, you know, like really yeah. quick. I guess you, so you're on the, you're on the right track with what at least the consensus was from the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm a, I don't want to say I'm a dirty jujitsu player, but I, I play a mean game. I guess it's just going to come off like I'm dirty, <laughs> but I don't I don't do anything illegal. I do everything that's legal. I just do moves that people don't commonly do. Like wrist locks. Right. So like I dropped into another gym today. And in my head, I was already thinking like, ah, oh, it's a lot of white belts. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to wrist lock anyone unless I felt they were my level or higher. Okay. Right. At a different gym. At my home gym, everyone knows I wrist lock. I'm wrist locking the white belts. They know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like, especially dropping into other gyms, you, you get like an extra level of courteous because well, it's not your place. They're hosting yeah. you, you know? Yeah. You said you've had people do malicious things or you felt malicious things. Like what? Yeah. Like when you're rolling, there's certain moves. Like if they don't have a submission and they're going for some type of crank, 
I don't know. There's just certain levels of intensity with subs that you can feel are like, this is competition versus training. Interesting. And ever, yeah. And if you ever feel like someone's going a little too hard, then you have to match. That's the golden rule of sparring, whether it's boxing, kickboxing, or jujitsu, you go as hard as you want to receive. That's how it goes. So when I feel someone's intensity gets to that competition level where they're trying to just grip and rip, then it's on. All right. I guess I'm lucky. I've never felt somebody do that, but I'm also not at the higher levels yet where people maybe are going more intense. I wouldn't say I've had it in a long time. So I don't know if it's higher levels. I don't know. I think it's just, there's certain people. Yeah. I don't know. I would say the dirtiest thing I do is if people are dominating me from like top or something and they're bigger than me, I will move their face out of the way. Like you said, like people don't want to. Not dirty. Exactly. So it's up to your definition of dirty. But sometimes in my head, like I feel like I want to be dirty. You know what I mean? Like, so I am shoving your face out of the way. But I'm also like, whatever. This is part of self-defense. You're fucking on top of me and you weigh 80 pounds more than me. I can't just, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to yeah, be a I, I mean, slightly more. I would argue both jujitsu, self-defense, MMA, you should be putting your sp- your face in spots that aren't going to be touched or hit or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I get like, yeah, like you shouldn't punch a guy in the face. You shouldn't aggressively shove their face where it blurs the line. Like I'm going to put my hand on their face and then I'm going to push. Okay. What if I put my hand on your face and I aggressively push it at that point? I don't even mind that. If you do that to me, I don't mind that. Yeah, I can see how a, some people would mind it, but I, I don't mind that's it. How, and I think most guys that get to know me as they train, they know that like I have like some MMA experience and stuff. Like I'm okay with that. Like there's some gyms where like if a role goes into a wall, people will just reset. I always entertain the wall. I love the wall. I love cage work. I like, that's a good point. Like when we do takedowns, I'm driving you straight to the wall because I know once I have you at the wall, I'm taking you down and vice versa. Like I don't mind my back against the wall because I have good experience there where like a lot of guys don't. And so you can make the argument like, oh, jujitsu doesn't need that because there are no walls in jujitsu tournaments. You always get reset. You're always like in like a squared space that's open. Like that's fine. (laughs) I think of jujitsu as self-defense or MMA where like walls are likely. Yeah, I, I'm with you in the self-defense aspect. <laughs> but again, other. you have to also have a willing partner. Like if my partner is like at the wall, like let's say maybe I've put them at the wall and they're like, oh, let's reset. I'm okay with that. I'll reset. Like I'll, I'll play to their rules. Fair. Like, so like in terms of like dirtiness, like I'm willing to receive anything, of course I would give, but I'm not going to give something that they're not willing to receive either. Same exactly same way otherwise then it's just yeah then you're a jerk yeah exactly (laughs) yeah and we were discussing like self-defense and stuff a little bit in class or i brought Mm -hmm. it up because we were doing like footlocks and then i asked teacher and i was like hey burke can i is it easier to do these footlocks when they have their shoes on or not and everybody started laughing where they're like <laughs> we're footlock in the street and he's like yo if you're in the street don't go to the floor and footlock anybody like yep. get the fuck up and get on top of them yep but i just like loved that no you should have just been like yo catch wrestling they wear wrestling shoes i just want to know if wrestling shoes makes it easier <laughs> you should just do that then <laughs> 
why are you fighting on the street and <laughs> you have a job? That, that should always be a thing. Like, yo, but what about in the street? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't because I'm not that guy that wants to ever fight in the street, but I'm always like yeah. thinking, like, yo, but does this work here? You know, because like yeah. to me, that's like yo, in know, the street, like, the pavement's gonna be hot. You don't want to lay down on that shit. Depends. Am I in Phoenix? Then no, you don't want to be on the ground. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, then geography matters, your location, <laughs> what time of day, did you eat something? You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the flip thing, sometimes I wonder, like, I like it because, yeah, for jujitsu and tournaments, and I think just also, like, the mentality of knowing, like, how to be in danger or out of danger is where I get my appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. But like, sometimes I wonder, like, was somebody just going to kick me in the head? Like, so what's the point? Like, I'd rather just stay on top of the body. But then I'm like, well, then there's amazing people like Dean Lister and Danaher that like love leg stuff. So who am I to say, let's not do leg stuff, you know? Of course. Yeah. It, it's all valuable. It's just all depends on how the person is going to use it and how they value it and what the scenario is. There's a lot of variables, mm-hmm. but you learn it all. So you're more equipped. Yeah. And I say I don't love it that much, at least like when I'm training it sometimes. But then I was rolling with a kid who is definitely better than me but not so much better than me mm-hmm. and like definitely bigger and stronger. And yeah, he got into a good position and then naturally I got his leg and then it helped me get out of the position. Like I didn't finish it, but yeah. I was like, Oh, and so I was like, good. I was like, all right. <laughs> like there are uses for me for it. And the way I always look at like, like uh, math. So like sequential to math, you may never use that in your life. But I feel like if you get good at it, it opens up your brain and your brain gets better at life. Yeah, uh, I guess like logic. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I kind of look at it. So it's mm-hmm. like, all right, good. Just do it. And you're going to like learn things about yourself and your body. And For sure. Also, people are going to want to put you in these positions. So you got to know how to attack them in order to better know how to get out of them. Yes. And I don't want to be the guy that just goes, oh, this is bitchy. You know, where it's like, no, yeah, because then you have a weakness. You have to solve that weakness. Yeah. Although you, you make a point where if it is, I mean, even your instructor said it, if someone's going for a wrist lock, uh, a leg lock, there's a great chance you could just pound them out or just use your potentially other free leg to heal against them. Yeah. I always wonder about that. Can I? Good leg lockers will control the secondary leg. They'll have both of your legs wrapped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's been teaching a lot lately, which I kind of like to. Yeah. Which also yeah. makes it harder for you to hit them too, at least well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The leg game is just, I mean, it's already like jujitsu is already hard and wrestling's already hard. But then the leg game is just like another level of it. And it always makes me feel dyslexic because everything just looks tangled. And then I'm like, it is. It's a lot to learn. It, it takes a while to unpack. So much so that there's a lot of schools that have classes that are just leg locks. Like they have a class on their schedule where it's like leg lock class. Tombo Steve had that. That was like one of the first classes I ever went to. And it was like nine, 10 years ago. It was just, just leg lock. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, school, the school before I was at 10th planet did that. Really? The school, the school I dropped in today had it on their schedule too. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It's such and a so- big component today. Like you've never seen anything like that. You've never seen you know, a chokes class or something, right? Like you've never seen like an arm lock class or something. Yeah. Leg locks is a whole meta now that has to be broken down and understood. It's very interesting. And for me, a hard part is just the grips of the leg. 
Where yeah. am I holding your leg? How tight am I holding your leg? Which way am I twisting right. your leg? Yeah. It's also like, yeah, God forbid you get a good grip and then you just fall backwards, not even trying to hurt them, but like you could hurt somebody bad with the legs. So then yeah. I get nervous a little bit with like the leg stuff. Yeah. So here's the thing about leg locks for me is people always like yell about how dangerous they are, but you're never going to convince me that it's more dangerous than a Kimura. Really? The shoulder is a weaker joint than anything else in there. It's the lamest excuse of a ball and socket. It it dislocates on people that barely even exercise, but let alone have, when someone's trying to dislocate it. But don't you have way more range of motion on your shoulder? Not internally, no. That which is what the Kimura locks. I also feel like you have a greater sense of like understanding of your range of motion of your shoulder than your leg. And so sometimes you don't tap your when that like might a, be the like, case. Yeah, but you're just not aware of it. And then it's too a grip and rip on the shoulder and a grip and rip on the knee are going to end up with the same thing. Like, I'm not saying the shoulder's worse. You're just not going to convince me that the knee is worse than the shoulder. Hmm. It's just weird. We've gotten used to the Kimura because it's been an age old move. I'm sure in 20 years, we're not going to look at heel hooks the same way. Okay. Well, there, there you go. Then it's just like an evolutionary thing where more people have more experience. I so think. they're just they're ready for it we're right now but it annoys me that people still are like oh it's so dangerous and i'm like yo everything's dangerous what do you mean what are we doing yeah but a choke is less dangerous because you just go to sleep the worst i think yeah that's bad i mean it's bad but it's to me like that guy that's like hipping hard you know and like into like an arm bar like like to me that's way worse than anything with like a choke because the worst thing you do with a choke is you hold on too long and they fall asleep yeah. So I, I don't, I mean, no one likes being choked, but there are long-term repercussions to being choked a lot too. They're finding that it does mess up your arteries a bit. Yeah. Whatever. I guess. I don't know. I mean, so I, much so that like, I, I know a guy that had to have like a surgery for it. He can't roll anymore. Like, really? yeah, these things happen. Like, I think they're going to find out as jujitsu gets more and more prevalent that being choked out or just being choked on the regular is going to have like its own version of CTE. Huh. Not CTE, of course, but you're going to have like trauma to your arteries that will impact you. That's interesting. Which is why when we drill chokes, I'm starting to get into the mindset of like, I want my partner to get it on all the way, but I also don't want to have this happen repetitively over and over where I'm like near blacking out and then I'll tap just so like they have like the best version of their choke. But then I'm like, well, what about my health? If this can potentially impact me, should I be waiting that long? Should I tap sooner now? I think about this often. I mean, I tap as soon as I kind of feel it. Like I'm not getting that close to blackout. For me, I used to test it all the time. I would also, that would also help me know like how far I've got. In rolling, I would do that. In drilling, I would do that. I, I would not tap until it's like, okay, I'm going out. No, I can't do that. I right. hear. And that's probably getting- not good. When I'm getting choked out, I, I hear, um, you know, when you turn on a fluorescent light, like that buzz, mm-hmm. that's what I hear. Oh, really? I hear that. I'm like too late. Like, you know, like <laughs> I process of tapping. It's always a weird sound, like electricity. I hear. Do you mm. have a sound? No, it's just uh, lights out. I don't know. Professor Buck used to say he could hear uh, chipmunks. Oh, really? Yeah, like little squeaky animals talking to each other. 
No, I guess I, I feel like, um, you know, when you put like the, the shell against your ear. Yeah. Like that. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's in the same world too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to believe that it leads to anything long-term to me. It's just like a little joke for me, like thinking about it. So for one, there's been incidences where this has been shown. Now it's not that prevalent because I'm like, ah, well, jujitsu doesn't have a long history where like all these other impacts do. And like, maybe it does, maybe it's not, you know, to the same level of CTE where like one concussion sets it off, but like, we are doing this a lot in my mind. There's a mechanism to support this theory. I mean, it makes sense if I'm just constantly pounding on your arteries that they would take damage. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have good, healthy arteries, maybe they have more elasticity to take that abuse. But what if you don't? And maybe they get stronger. No. I don't know. It's not cardiovascular muscle and skeletal muscle don't work that same way. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting to me. So I always think about that. So like, I know me personally, if someone's getting a choke on me, I'll give them a limb to get out of the choke. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I worry about my limbs more than my arteries. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. I also feel like I'm just more confident in getting out of the limbs, but I, oh, yeah. that might just be my game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fair points. All yeah. fair. Oh, I'd also like to add, I went to a, I went to a show this weekend, an MMA show. Oh. It, was in, it was in Jersey. It was in Rahway, Revolt Fight League. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was run by a guy, Ozzy. You can find him, Ozzy MMA. And uh, he trains. He's a fighter, but he's also a promoter. And he threw a great show. There was like was seven. Pro or amateur? Amateur. Okay. A lot of the fighters were like, oh, and oh. It was their first fight, but they had 10 fights. Okay. Every, every fighter got interviewed. Every fighter got paid. Oh, so it is pro. But they're amateur or they, it was their first pro fight. I don't know the difference between exactly like amateur and pro. Okay. These, none, of these people, none of these people ever had like a pro fight, but he gives them a cut of the ticket sales, 25% since they're bringing. Gotcha. That's usually people. like early pro fights. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he wants to pay them, which I thought was like super fucking respectable. Mm -hmm. I think we should try to get them on the show, but yeah, it was, they had like ring girls. They had an announcer. They had, uh, you know, like the athletic commission people they had like, Oh yeah. Uh, so it sounds like what they were, they wearing headgear and shin guards. No, but okay, if people, so that's pro that's pro. If people wore shin guards and the other people have to wear shin guards, no ground and pound to the head, no elbows ever. Okay. And no heel hooks. Okay. Or no small joint locks and so no wrist locks. I was like, that's bullshit. Right. Oh, no wrist. Usually when they say small, they usually mean fingers. Okay. Then maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you could do a wrist. And I mean, I don't off. think you've ever seen a wrist lock in MMA anyway. It's a little bit tougher with the wrap uh, around the wrist. Yeah. yeah. Although okay. there, there's a deep rooted part of me that wants to do an MMA match just to get a wrist lock in MMA. Yeah. I mean, Try to join this uh, fight league. Come out to I would literally just take the person down and beat them up just to be the first wrist lock. Yeah, that's you know what I mean? Good... Like only aim for that to be the goal, not even win. You know, like it would be just, I feel like there's a part of me that wants that. That's your dream finish? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not be the first to get something? Yeah, I think I'd be classic. If I ever got into a, a match and I wanted to win like the way I wanted to win, I think I would just do a typical rear naked choke. Mm. Maybe a Dars. I take great pride in, in getting people with weird things, bicep slicers, wrist locks. Like I like that style stuff. 10 finger guillotines, TP chokes. I like the unorthodox stuff. 
Ten Finger Guillotine would be fun. Well, Guillotine, yeah. So it's, that's like a mix of unorthodox and orthodox. No one really hit Ten Finger Guillotines. That's my best. I just mean it's still a guillotine, though. So sure. it's not, you know, like in that sense. But yeah, I respected how they wanted to pay all the fighters. I respected how they interviewed all the fighters. Yeah, and that's awesome. I was there, I was there with our friend Michael Shear, who has uh, Protect Your Neck MMA. Saw that, yeah. So if you kind of want some woo-related rash guards and geese, you should check them out. Protect Your Neck MMA. He hooked us up a little bit. But yeah, I think people should check out some of these amateur shows. It's really fun. Yeah. And there's a great knockout. It's one kid hit somebody and the kid just sat down like on his mm. butt and it looked beautiful. And, and that the kid that got knocked out, he was winning the first round. So it was like great, like to see the comeback. Like, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, just people dominating. There's some back and forth efforts and ties and everybody's friendly. And nice. I got a chance to talk to with some of these kids like afterwards. And winners and losers were all just happy. They're like, yo, this was sick. You know, mm-hmm. like they, they like took their chance. Like it's amazing seeing that. A uh, guy I trained with is in Hawaii for like vacation, but he went to go watch MMA fights in Hawaii. And then he just posted up a picture that he was with BJ Penn at the fights. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> BJ Penn is running for governor. Tell me, how do you feel about this? I mean, I don't know anything about him politically. So do I yeah, love so what- BJ Penn? Yes. <laughs> I just Would I feel vote like- for him? I got to look a little more into it. He like got into a fight with a bouncer. He's like always getting into street fights. He like chased somebody with a machete. He's like a rich kid. Like I love BJ Penn too as a fighter, but now yeah. he's like, oh, I'm gonna be a governor. I'm gonna do this and this and this. Like part of me was like, I don't know if you know where you are right now. Like That's you know, like, thing. I mean, he was very witty in his prime. I don't know where he's at now. Yeah, he seems like a little. Yeah, I don't know. All I'm saying is that I do have a bias towards BJ Penn. I would fully hear him out before I made a decision. <laughs> if I was even like on the fence, I'm like, ah, oh, it's BJ. Sure, I'd vote for him. But what would I vote for BJ? I'm not going to say that either. BJ, he always does everything a little too late. Should have done it like <laughs> 12 years ago. I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. That, I love BJ. But yeah, now that he's like running for office, like some of the stuff, I'm like, dude, I saw a video of you get knocked out by a bouncer and then wake up. And then 10 minutes later, chase that bouncer down and beat the shit out of him. Like, <laughs> governor, like that's so insane. I don't know. Who knows where this world is coming to? It's, I mean, anyone can be anything now. <laughs> yeah. What should I become? <laughs> the best version of you. A purple belt. I know. I'm hoping like a year. Mm-hmm. I took a slight week off. Mental health break. But like, yeah, this week I'm going to kind of go back. I'm hoping like a year hard work. Like I feel like maybe I could come close year and a half, you know, mm-hmm. I'd like to be 38 and have it. My goal is like 43. Like maybe I could be a black belt. Hey, Hey, that would be cool. 44. I just I sent you like, a video of a guy. I think he's 68 and just got his black belt. And they asked really? him, and I think he started when he was 58 or something. That's amazing. Yeah. And he talks about, you know, getting his black belt. Usually when you get your black belt, there's a good speech and he gave a great speech. I sent it to you on Instagram, actually, probably just right before the show. Okay. I'll check it out. Cause yeah, yeah, I would love to be able to be, if I'm a black belt by 45, I would just like to teach kids, you know, I don't want to like teach pros per se, but like, I would love to like teach like eight year olds 
And then like from 45 to 60, if by the time I'm 60, they're like 23 and amazing. That'd be mm-hmm. amazing. Like, you know, like something like that. Like that would be mm-hmm. like, Oh, I had, a, I had a part in this world. For sure. Yeah. That's like, I mean, like, you already have, you do teach. Yeah. And I teach about it. And I think like, I, I, I lead some people to the sport, which feels good. You know, mm-hmm. like that feels nice. One of the new kids at the gym did something. I forgot what it was, but it was like the same thing. People teach me like, you know, look the people in the eyes. And then like, I'm not looking at people in the eyes. Like when I'm rolling with them, mm-hmm. and Ben just gets me in a sick, just easy guillotine. And now he's like, look me in the eyes. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, I can't do that. Like, you know, <laughs> then it's harder. For, then it's harder for him to choke me. Cause I'm looking my head's up. And so mm-hmm. I did that to kids that just started and then I couldn't get it anymore. And he goes, yeah, you taught me that. So I was like, Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. I learned it. But, you know, so I was like, oh, that's sweet, though, that I was, I gave him like a little nugget. Mm-hmm. That felt good. But yeah, best version of myself. Purple. I got to get back on the mats this week. And you're feeling good about your progress, your training and everything? Yeah, I love training, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I love training. I love all combat. I don't know, man. Someone was asking me about sumo, like what I thought about sumo. And I'm like, oh, I mentioned Brandon's gym. I'm like, yo, they got a sumo class on Sundays. You should go check really? it out. Yeah. That's sick. Mm-hmm. I played basketball for the first time in like years, like two, three years. Uh-oh. With some old people from high school, mm-hmm. like Josh Schottenfeld and Damiano and them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we played these like young kids that were like good though at basketball and they're like taller and like bigger and they definitely ball you know and i'm Mm -hmm. like oh fuck but i felt like a couple of those kids i boxed them out so well like i just felt like i was smarter it's some things in the game and like strategy and using my body Mm -hmm. and i definitely felt like jujitsu and wrestling helped me with that Mm -hmm. because i felt like they were all like oh i'm stronger than this kid but once I got in front of them and I positioned myself by the rim, they weren't getting around me, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, oh, like, I don't know. I felt like my jujitsu was working even on the basketball court. Oh, how funny. If, if that makes sense. So I was like, yeah. oh, this is fun. This is exciting. I just get nervous because at our age, a game like basketball, it's like guys just get hurt all the time. <laughs> yeah. See, I never got hurt at sports like that. I was always the one hurting people in sports like that because I'm, fucking skinnier like my elbow like i have to be aggressive mm-hmm. otherwise i'm not good but i just felt like i loved yeah i, ga- I gave somebody on our teammate my own team a black eye for the ball and i just fucking smacked them yeah i don't know i missed playing though i just any competition that was good mm-hmm. i missed that high school stuff and i actually saw one of my students that i t- teach in college playing so it was oh. like cool it's like oh sick like it was a good hustle yeah whatever i gotta get back into it this week so one week off one week on yeah no weeks off just keep fucking training (laughs) sometimes i just get sad and i'm like fuck i can't do shit this week i gotta know you always feel better after training i I do that too i'm like oh man my body's beat or ah this or that and i go in get your rolls you come out and you're like thank god i still went in because i feel way fucking better than i did not I know. I'll make up for it this week, though. I'll do an extra couple of classes and then like go in. I was going to do a competition next week on the 30th, but my sister's wedding is on the next weekend. And I was like, I don't want to have a black eye. Like, I, like, you know, like normally I'm not that type of person that's like avoiding like a black eye or a thing, but it's like wedding. They make my parents happy. 
Mm-hmm. But I want to do the next tournament. Because mm. I was feeling decent and I want to test myself against like some of these blue belts. Like, why yeah, keep doing it? You level up quicker. Yeah. Yeah, I heard 30 classes. It's, I think Hickson said that or some. Elias. Ma- Elias said that. Mm-hmm. No, but I read that somewhere else too. And I think I asked yeah, Elias. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 30 classes in one tournament. Like, fuck yeah, sign me up. Like, I, 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 <laughs> you just start only doing tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one tournament a month. You're like, yo, I'm training full time. <laughs> now I have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> just show up. <sighs> All right. Well, yeah, I gotta I gotta wear rash guards and promote the pod. Cause I kept telling people about the pod yesterday too. I was like, go check mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I gotta I wanna go to more of these like little events. It was fun training with some of these people. I loved seeing these people just yeah, they're like, yo, I've been training three years, four years. I was like, sick. And they were all just like young and like hype and had their skills. So it was great Hell to yeah. see. Hell yeah. It was great to see. Good, man. Good, man. All right. Well, let that, let's end there then. Keep training. Train every day. That's the message of the story. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Like always. Hey, guys. This is Anoop. I'm sure you've heard. I have a startup called Renta. You can visit me at renta.com, R-E-N-T-A-H.com. The idea is you could rent any type of good service or space. So you could rent uh, Arturo to teach you Brazilian jiu-jitsu, or you could rent uh, my friend Andy to uh, set up your podcasting equipment for your next gig, or you could rent uh, the Philosophy of Fighting podcast to uh, promote a commercial on our podcast, or some gear. Right? Like our friend Michael Shear did, if you want some Wu Tang apparel. So uh, check out Renta. It would mean a lot to me. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.